This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. Hi, guys. We have made it all the way through to the end of 2021, and that is what today's episode is about. We are doing a wrap-up of the year that was 2021, but before we get into that, guys, I just want to remind you and just thank all the guys that have hopped in here at the end of the year to become donors to Undaunted Life and to what we're doing here with the podcast, with the devotionals, with everything else. We literally cannot pull this off without you guys, so I just want to thank you for all you guys that have gone to our website to do that, but for those of you that have not, go to undaunted.life backslash donate. That's where you can hop in and be a one-time donor or a monthly donor to make sure that we can continue to equip men all around the globe to be able to push back darkness. But let's go ahead and get into 2021. So I did a review last year of 2020 because 2020 was such an insane year. 2020 was an absolutely bonkers year. And now I'm like looking at 2021 and it's like, okay, it didn't seem as bonkers, but it was still kind of bonkers. Like, is that just a thing now? Like every year was kind of crazy, but now with the 24 hour news cycle, does everything seem absolutely insane? You know, it, it, anyway, we don't really know. We don't absolutely know, but let me go ahead and review what 2021 was like for me personally. Okay. So baby T number two, baby Thompson number two is hot on his way and he's coming in hot in early of 2022 but we found out this year that my wife is pregnant with our second boy so we're so excited and thankful for that but also you know with new life comes uh, the the losing of a current life and so I actually lost my last two grandparents this year both of my grandparents on my dad's side so that wasn't very fun it wasn't very nice I've done some things to be able to commemorate them uh, but you know Tough year to, to lose my grandparents, absolutely. But then when we go into the podcast, we saw some explosive growth with the podcast this year. So if we go back to the episode where I talked about where we're going for it, where we're absolutely, I think it was episode 190, that, hey, we're going to really go for this podcasting. We're really going to go for getting this content out to way more people. We've seen that happen in a big way this year. We have grown by hundreds and hundreds of percents of growth this year. And that's been a lot due to you guys, due to some of the things that we've been able to do, getting me on some other people's shows and, and some other things. But I just want to thank you guys so much for sharing the show around and also for all the new listeners we're glad that you're here also we doubled the podcast output which to you guys may not seem like a lot but used to i would release one episode a week and if there was some sort of a big thing that happened in the news, I would talk about that and it would be kind of a special episode, but we've moved to two podcasts a week, right? So we're basically like, we're, we're kind of in this, you know, mode of releasing an interview on Tuesdays and releasing just a regular episode on Thursdays. But man, I mean, that, that is double the amount of work for what we're having to do here behind the scenes. And so that's been an explosive thing for us as well. Just doubling the output of the podcast. We released the, how to build a, uh, a godly and manly foxhole series. That was a devotional that thousands and thousands of you guys have taken down and I've even talked to some of you guys that have like taught that to your churches and to different people like that. So that's really been awesome. We did a lot of interviews. I talked about that in our best podcast episode about all the interviews. I think we had, you know, almost three dozen different people in the podcast that we did interviews with. Another thing for me personally, train jujitsu and powerlifting all year and doing those things. No major injuries, you know, small bumps and bruises along the way. But I mean, if we go back to my 2019, like I said, I had two surgeries that year. It was a hard year for, for surgeries. I feel like I'm kind of getting in, you know, 
major knock on wood. I'm kind of getting into that that mode of being able to train a, a lot smarter, you know, as I age, you know, I turned 35 this year, that type of thing. This year, I also read more books than I ever have. You know, by the time the, you hear this podcast, I will have read 45 books for this year. So I would say all in all, it was a very, very good year for Undaunted Life, a very good year for me personally and for my family as well. But now we need to get into what was happening everywhere else. And with this particular episode, we're going to get into some of the biggest stories that were happening this year. But I really want to get into, and this will be later in the podcast, so make sure you stick around for that, some of the most ignored stories that we saw from this year, whether that was with news or politics or something like that. I'm going to give in, get into what I believe is the biggest news story of 2021 and also the biggest news person of 2021. So make sure you stick around for that. But we'll start a little bit light here. We'll start about uh, with the world of entertainment. So let's go into the highest grossing movie of the year. And this just happened. Okay, so this happened as of a few days ago, but Spider-Man No Way Home, it went over $1 billion in worldwide earnings in just two weeks, and that's without a Chinese release of the movie, okay? And so number two was the the movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I guess that's another comic book thing. But then number three I thought was really interesting because this was number one for a while. It's a it's a kind of a Chinese propaganda film called The Battle at Lake Changjin. Changjin, sorry. That almost grossed a billion dollars worldwide. And it grossed a ton of money here in the United States as well. So I don't know, it's a little bit weird. You know, everyone's concerned about, well, China can't make their own movies, so they have to, you know, make sure Hollywood keep Hollywood happy. No, they don't. Apparently they can make huge movies. Okay, the biggest album of the year was an album called Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Going to be real honest, no idea who that is. Haven't heard a single song off that album. But the biggest song of the year is Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo, which I believe was off the Sour album. So for all of you Olivia Rodrigo fans that have just been waiting on me to mention her on this podcast, there you go. I mentioned her. Or well, I, I just assumed her gender. I'm assuming that's a her, but maybe it's a Z's or something. I don't really know. But good for her. Glad she had such a big year. Also, the most popular YouTube video of the year, which this is kind of weird. They're calling it the most popular YouTube video of the year. This is according to YouTube, but it didn't have the most views, which was weird. Okay. But the most popular YouTube video of the year is a video by Mr. Beast called I Spent 50 Hours Buried Alive that had 150 million views. The best-selling nonfiction book that, that I could find. And with some of these, you, you kind of have to, you can't really take this chart and that chart and kind of put it all together. It kind of gets mixed up. But the best-selling nonfiction book is Atomic Habits by James James Clear. And I talked about that on last week's episode or, you know, the episode from earlier this week, how I thought that was one of the most disappointing books that I read this year. But that was a book from three years ago that is still the best selling nonfiction books. So he's doing something right. Just didn't really, you know, scratch my itch, I guess. And then the best selling fiction book of this year is a book called It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. No idea what that is, but there you go. The most watched TV series on television was NCIS and the most watched TV series on streaming was called Squid Game. I don't watch either show, but I've heard a lot about both. Great. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. But then we have the most liked tweet of 2021 and that is from January the 20th, 2021 from the now president or actually co-president Joe Biden, he tweeted, it's a new day in, a, in America. It's a new day in America. It got 4 million likes because apparently people thought, great, orange man, bad. He's out of office now. Now we have Joe Biden. Things are going to go great, right? Right? Yeah, more on that here in a second. But now let's get into the world of sports. So in the world of sports, unfortunately, Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves beat the Houston Astros in six games. I say unfortunately because I can't stand the Atlanta Braves, but 
they played the only team that I would have rooted for them to play against in the World Series, and that was the Houston Astros. So they beat them in six games. In college football, Alabama won another national title, beating Ohio State 52-24. to The Stanley Cup Finals was won by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I believe they went back-to-back. They beat the Montreal Canadiens in five games. Then we also had the 2021 Olympics. It should have been the 2020 Summer Olympics, but they moved it to 2021 in uh, in Tokyo. The United States won the most medals and the most gold medals. Uh, Simone Biles, you know, she was a quitter and she was celebrated for it. But then the big one, the big highlight for me from the Olympics was Gable Steveson. You know, that dude's an absolute gangster winning the way that he did winning the gold medal at his age and how he did it was absolutely insane. Also, it was a big year for new champions in the UFC. And so here are the new champions that we saw in order of when they won. Francis Ngannou became the heavyweight champ by beating Stipe Miocic on March the 27th. Rose Namajunas became the women's strawweight champion, beating Zhang Wei Li on April the 24th. Charles Oliveira became the lightweight champion by beating Michael Chandler on May the 15th. Brandon Moreno became the flyweight champ by beating Devinson Figueroa on June the 12th. Glover Teixeira, he became the light heavyweight champion at the age of like 42 by beating Jan Blahovic on October the 30th and then Juliana Pena holy cow Juliana Pena became the women's bantamweight champion by beating the GOAT the female GOAT Amanda Nunes just a few weeks ago on December the 11th also in the world of boxing we saw Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder you know go for their trilogy fight Tyson Fury actually KO'd Deontay Wilder Wilder, um, and that was on October the 9th of this year I believe it was in like the 11th round or something like that and so he kept his WBC the ring and the lineal heavyweight titles this was their third fight this is a third fight where Tyson Tyson Fury absolutely completely outboxed Deontay Wilder, but Deontay Wilder knocked Tyson Fury down twice in this fight. Great fight, but that was the highlight for the world of boxing, at least from my vantage point. But then we have kind of, in my opinion, what the biggest sports story of 2021 was. And you haven't heard me mention the NFL yet because, again, I don't support the NFL. But I feel like if you took 2021 as a whole, the biggest sports story was Tom Brady winning his seventh Super Bowl, but this time not with the New England Patriots. He took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that was in the doldrums, It led them to the Super Bowl and they beat the Chiefs who no one thought, you know, could be beaten, right? Absolutely insane. I've been a Tom Brady hater for most of my life because I was a, you know, Peyton Manning fan and, you know, the Colts and the Patriots were big rivals and all those types of things. I just can't hate on the guy anymore. Again, I don't care about the NFL. I don't follow the NFL. I have no idea if the Buccaneers are doing well this year or not. But the fact that he won his seventh Super Bowl title. Remember when Joe Montana having four was like insane? Like, how is anybody ever going to pass that? He has seven now. And this one without Bill Belichick, absolutely huge story. But then the dumbest sports story of 2021 has to be Simone Biles. Absolutely has to be, right? And it's not necessarily, I guess it is because of her actions, but then it's been all the reactions after her actions. Because in the middle of the Olympics, she quits on herself and quits on her team. And I guess quit quit on her country because that is who she's representing in the Olympics. She's wearing, you know, the stars and bars on her, on her chest and all those different things. She's representing the United States of America. And she quit. And then all of a sudden, we're all supposed to pretend that she didn't actually quit. Again, this is the greatest female gymnast of all time, right? I don't think that's really any debate. She is fantastic. She is amazing. I hope she continues to do well as she competes into the future. But she gets all the way to the Olympics and then decides, oh, I'm not mentally stable right now enough to compete. She didn't just deal with it. She didn't find a way to get out there and still compete. I think she ended up doing one particular thing. She she competed in one thing and got like a bronze medal, but people were thinking she was going to win five gold medals in this Olympics. But it's just the dumbest sports story that we're supposed to look at her and feel pity for her. And I'm not trying to, to demean anyone that has any serious mental ailments or, or things that are bothering them. But even to this day, she's not been diagnosed with any type of mental disorder, any type of mental thing that happened. She just quit. 
But again, we're supposed to be big fans of that somehow. Now we need to move into some of the noteworthy deaths from 2021. Some of these you might remember, some of them you might have forgotten. But Hank Aaron, one of the greatest baseball players ever, died in uh, at the age of 86. Bob Dole, you know, big time in the Republican Party, died at the age of 98. Colin Powell, you know, former uh, Secretary of State, died at the age of 84. Gary Paulson, who's the author of the book The Hatchet, which a lot of you guys have read with your sons, he died at the age of 82. Comedian Norm Macdonald died at the age of 61. Bobby Bowden, you know, the great legendary coach from Florida State, football coach, died at 91. Biz Marquis and DMX to a hip hop artist. Biz Marquis died at the age of 57. DMX died at the age of 50. Rush Limbaugh, one of the most important voices in conservatism uh, that we've had for years and years in, in radio and things like that. He died at the age of 70. Larry King, longtime uh, show host, died at the age of 87. And then longtime and legendary manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Tom Lee Lasorda, died at the age of 93. But now let's get into some actual news stories. And we're going to get into actual categories where I'm going to kind of, I guess you give out awards for certain things like this. But I want to go over some news that you might have forgotten about. Because here we are sitting here at the end of December of 2021. And, you know, things that happened just a few months ago seem like they happened decades ago. So I want to kind of run through some stories that you may have forgotten that actually happened this year. First of all, Joe Biden was inaugurated as co-president of the United States. That happened in January. Trump got impeached in January. Right. So because there was the January 6th stuff and he got impeached for that. So he got impeached for the second time. That was in January. Trump was permanently banned from Twitter and Facebook. That happened in January. There was a huge container ship that actually ran aground and blocked the Suez Canal for six days. That happened in March. It created a crisis around the globe. Also, the first operational space flight by a private company successfully was pulled off by SpaceX. That happened in May of this year. Also, there was a condo in Surfside, Florida that collapsed and killed 98 people. That happened in June. There was the implementation of the Texas Heartbeat Act, which actually uh, basically eradicated abortion after six weeks after a fetal heartbeat could be detected. That happened in September of this year. Then we have gas. Gabby Petito, when she went missing, this was dominating the news cycle for weeks and weeks and weeks. And that happened really in the month of September. And then Brian Laundrie was her fiance. And uh, basically what happened is he likely strangled her to death. We'll likely never know because, you know, he was found dead a few weeks later after having shot himself in the head. So that was a story that dominated the news this year. Then we had the Kyle Rittenhouse trial that actually went down in November. He was acquitted on all charges for what he did in terms of self-defense and what he did in uh, Wisconsin uh, in 2020. Then we had the Virginia elections that happened in November. I talk a lot about that on episode 253 of this podcast. Glenn Youngkin, who I called by a different name on that podcast inexplicably for half the podcast, but he won when he should not have won. He should have got blown out in the state of Virginia, but there was kind of a red wave that happened in Virginia, which might carry on into 2022 with another red wave. Then we had the Ahmad Arbery trial. Uh, it, he wasn't on trial, obviously. He was the young man that was killed. Um, you know, or, uh, I think it was in 2021 when he was killed, but Travis McMichael, Gregory McMichael, and William Bryan Jr. were all found guilty of his murder and of other charges. So that happened uh, this year. That trial concluded in November. Then we had the tornadoes that ripped through the United States in December. You know, there was likely over 100 people that were killed as of the recording of this podcast. There were people, I believe, in Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky. Uh, there were a lot of other states where, you know, there was a lot of tornadoes that ripped through and unfortunately it killed a lot of people. Then we had the Jesse Smollett trial that actually wrapped up in December. He was found guilty on almost all charges. I think there's one charge he wasn't found guilty of, but basically he was found guilty of faking a, a hate crime and, you know, creating a hoax and all those things and wasting taxpayer dollars to have the police go and find this magical person that didn't actually kill or, you know, hurt him or something like that. Then at the end of the year in December, we had Joe Manchin, who's the senator from West Virginia. He killed Joe Biden's Build Back Better bill. 
right? So the thing that was just going to throw trillions and trillions of dollars at problems that we don't actually have, Joe Manchin stood up and said, yeah, we're not voting for that. So that bill may be completely dead because I just don't know that they're really going to try to force that through in an election year next, next year. And then we had Kim Potter. So that was the uh, police officer who shot Dwayne Wright on April the 11th of this year. So she thought she had her taser. She actually screamed taser, taser, taser as Dwayne Wright was trying, or sorry, not Dwayne Wright, uh, Dante Wright, Dante Wright. But uh, she was found guilty of two counts um, and she was found guilty of first degree manslaughter and one of second degree manslaughter. So as a quick aside here, the first degree manslaughter charge made no sense in this case. I have no idea how the jury came to, to say that she, because basically first degree manslaughter is that you meant to hurt this person, but maybe you didn't mean to kill them. Okay. And so as we see from the very beginning here, I don't know if this woman should have ever been a cop or if she had ever had something like this happen before, cause she had been on the force before, but she was holding her taser thinking she was holding her, her, you know, her sidearm, right? She thought she thought she was holding her Glock, which if you've ever hold, held those two things that, that, that shouldn't ever happen. Um, and in that particular situation, I just don't really feel like, you know, first degree manslaughter really warranted things. But another thing no one's really talking about in terms of the, the Dante Wright thing is again, he wasn't pulled over because he was black. He wasn't pulled over because he had, you know, something dangling in his rear view mirror. He was pulled over because they noticed that his li- his license was suspended or not suspended. His drivers, let's get it together. Uh, that his, um, Gosh, the the uh, the plate on the back of the car. Holy cow! You know, having complete brain fart was was expired, right? His tag was expired. All the stuff was expired. Then they found out he had a uh, a warrant out for his arrest for assault and all these different things. He was a horrible, horrible person, and he was getting back into a car, a several thousand pound weapon at that point, to take off and leave the police. So I don't know that the police weren't completely justified to shoot this guy because this was a dangerous criminal who was to get again getting in a large vehicle to take off running, which could have put a lot of other people in danger. But again, that trial came and concluded in the month of December, uh, month of December. And the things that we had throughout the entire year was the school board meetings and all the chaos that was happening in school board meetings across the country. I spent a lot of time talking about those on episode 245 and 247 of this podcast. And you know, that, that was one of the dominant stories really of this year. And the reason why I was so dominant is because it brought things to the fore that a lot of parents weren't really paying attention to. They weren't really paying attention to pornographic content in their kids' classrooms, uh, to LGBTQ books, to other gender nonsense and junk that's being taught, uh, all the race hustling that's happening by these teachers who think that these kids are their kids, right? Not just something that they're doing as a job, but that was really something that dominated the news this year. And then the last thing here that I'll kind of cover is the inflation crisis. So everybody knows this. This is not news to anyone, but We're up 6.8% on inflation this year in 2021, and that's the biggest jump that we've had since 1982, but everything is more expensive. Energy in general, right? And we're going to go into a cold winter here eventually, and it's going to be a big issue for people. Food, other goods, gas, new cars, used cars. There's a major, major crisis here, and no one seems to be addressing it. But I will tell you, when you just blow a bunch of money into the economy that we're doing here in the United States, it's going to create a spiral for inflation. That's only going to get worse and worse. So those are some of the biggest stories from this year. But now I want to get into some from a categorical standpoint. The first one I want to get into is the most concerning news story of 2021. And this is very, very underreported, but it's the illegal immigration crisis that we're experiencing here in the United States. Okay. The southern border is wide open. The cartels know it. People that just want to get into this country illegally, they know it. Okay. 
And the reason why it's the most concerning is because not only is it going to have ramifications for us as a country having to pay, you know, taxpayer dollars to take care of these people that are here. A lot of these people are, you know, working, um, you know, outside of the government purview. They're not paying taxes. Um, they're creating a strain on the system. They're creating a strain on border towns. But also a lot of the people that are coming over the border are criminals. These are not good people that just want to come over and get a good start for their family. There is certainly a lot of that as well. But these a lot of these people are dangerous and there are people in this country that are losing their lives, that are losing their businesses because we don't have a secure southern border. But also we'll get into some more things here a little bit later about what the drug cartels are doing and how it's affecting people here in the United States directly. But that is easily the most concerning news story of 2021 because it's going to have tendrils that stretch out into into more years and there's going to be a lot more issues to come. And Again, Democrats, I think, and a lot of people have made this observation, they're kind of shifting their focus from black people as a group, as a block, and switching it over to Latino people or what they would call Latinx people, even though they don't want to be called Latinx people. But these people are being focused on, and you know what's coming at some point in the future, you know, and who knows if, if Joe Biden's reelected or if something like that happens, they're going to try to take all these tens of millions of people that are here in the United States of America illegally. They came through the back door, not the front door. They're going to try to just make whole, they're just, you know, by by pin, they're just going to kind of dictate that these people are all United States citizens. Okay. And that's going to create an enormous voting block for the Democratic Party. Again, lots of concerns over this, but again, wide open Southern border, this is the most concerning story of 2021. Now, the most insane news story of 2021 is the Biden administration enacting a vaccine mandate on private businesses. Now, this is still going to be worked out. Uh, the Supreme Court is actually going to be looking at this uh, this case in the early part of January of 2022, so really just a couple of weeks from now. But the fact that the Biden administration is dictating to a private business what they are able to do as a private business is absolutely stunning, absolutely shocking. I couldn't believe it whenever they did the news conference where Joe Biden announced that this was going to happen. And the other thing that's insane about it is the reaction a lot of businesses had. Because a lot of businesses just said, okay, well, I, I guess we'll just go ahead and do that. Because I know a lot of business owners that are pro-vaccine themselves that have had the vaccine, but they're, they're also pro-liberty. And they don't want anyone to be telling them what they should be doing with their company and ergo their employees. Basically forcing their employees to do something to inject an experimental vaccine, which isn't even a vaccine. It's more of a gene therapy, but inject this into their bodies and just, you know, basically because the government said so. So I, I don't really have a read as to what the Supreme Court's going to be doing on this, but I, yeah, I think it's a it would be a tremendous attack on individual bodily autonomy and freedom and liberty in this country if they uphold the Biden administration saying that certain companies that meet these basic standards that they just made up whole cloth can just all of a sudden force them to do something that involves their body and their personal health, right? So that's the most insane news story of 2021. Now let's get into the most overblown news stories. I'm going to do a couple of them of 2021. The most overblown news stories of 2021. Now, the most overblown news story of 2020, I said, was the killing of George Floyd. Okay. But this year, one of the most overblown stories was the trial of Derek Chauvin. Okay. Because again, everyone, this was back in April, everyone tried to pretend like this had anything to do with race. The race hustlers, the people that make their money off of race hoaxes, all these different things, they had to make this case, which had nothing to do with race whatsoever. They had to make it about race. And some people, I'll say that, and they're like, oh my gosh, what do you mean this had nothing to do with race? It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have no evidence to suggest that this did have anything to do with race. 
So what are you talking about? You're saying that clearly Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd. You actually would say that he murdered George Floyd because he was black. Because George Floyd was black with no evidence. And so the trial, though it was interesting, should not have been the wall-to-wall news coverage trial that we saw. And again, as I said back on earlier podcasts this year where I really went into detail in this case, I think George Floyd is mainly responsible for his death that day. And the fact that this was this national and really international news story was absurd to me. This is a guy that most likely died from overdose from drugs that he injected into his own body, that he ingested. He made the decision to do that. And through all these other extenuating circumstances, he unfortunately ended up losing his life. I wish that wouldn't have happened to him. I wish he would have made better decisions that day. I wish he wouldn't have broken the law, which would have caused the police to be called in the first place to that, to what was happening. But it was just so such an overblown case. There was a lot of chicanery going on with the trial. There's, there's evidence that there was a BLM sympathizer on the jury, which is a gross negligence by the, the jury selection uh, and the judge to allow that to happen. The jury was not sequestered during the time, so they saw all the, the threats. They saw all the stuff on the news. We had you know public figures basically making veiled threats towards the jury if they didn't you know bring the right verdict back or those types of things. So I think Derek Chauvin does have a really good case for appeal, but that was one of the most overblown news stories of 2021. And the other one was January 6th, the, the supposed insurrection. Now, I want to go back to January of this year because I recorded an episode that day and I said, you know, I think it was called, you know, the potentially the darkest hours in the, you know, in Republican history, the darkest 24 hours in the history of the Republican Party because they had just lost the seats in Georgia, the, the two Senate seats in Georgia, which they should not have lost. Um, and then you had this January 6th thing. And for a while, it really looked like January 6th was this concerted, effort to try to subvert the government and overthrow the election. But the further you look at the video from that day and some of the things that happened, I just don't know that the insurrection was the point. Now, I'm not going to be one of these people that's going to be an apologist and, oh, these people were just playing around and it was no big deal. Those people shouldn't have been there. They should have been arrested for trespassing. They should have been arrested for for a myriad of other things. But if I were going to create an insurrection, right, just me, I'm not a part of a militia. I'm not a part of any like secret Facebook groups that that have any thoughts around this. But you know what I would do? I would probably bring a gun. I'd probably bring several firearms. And the guys I would bring with me would probably bring their firearms. Because if we were really wanting to take over the government to overthrow the results of an election, which was supposed to be the fairest election in the history of elections somehow, right? Don't you think somebody would have been caught with a gun there? Because to date, we have no evidence to suggest that anyone that was arrested, and some of them are still languishing in prison today, that any of them had a gun. Again, I just have to ask you, wouldn't you have drove in from wherever else in the country into Washington, D.C. with weaponry that day if you were going to throw, overthrow the government? Again, that, that evidence alone lets me think that this was you know, something that got out of hand. That you had people, and I know there's some conspiracy theories about how there was, you know, federal agents in the crowd that actually opened up doors and encouraged them to come in and all that. And man, I don't know enough to, to say one way or another on that. But again, I thought that this was a way overblown story. And the reason that it's overblown is because they had to make sure that Trump wasn't just out of office, but that he was dead, essentially. That he could no longer be heard from, that he couldn't be on Twitter, that he couldn't be on Facebook, that the odds of him ever coming back and running again for office would basically be off the table. So January 6th, 
has to be the story, which again, to, to, to any degree, and this is one of the reasons why I really hope Donald Trump does not announce that he's running in 2024 is because he will never be able to lose the stain of January 6th. There's no way. Think, think about all the things that they said that were not true leading up to the election before this January 6th thing happened, right? He's this horrible racist. He's this horrible this. And he's this horrible that. And oh, you know, he's a Russian cat's paw and all these different things, all these things that were not true by any stretch of the imagination, but it didn't matter that it wasn't true. It was the narrative. So now you have all that that's still baked into the cake. And now you put January 6th on top like icing. I'm just sorry. He's nuclear at this point. Like you just can't go anywhere near Donald Trump. I don't think that he can beat anybody, even a half dead Joe Biden in 2024, especially with January 6th. But with that being said, I do think it's one of the most overblown stories from 2021, the supposed insurrection on January the 6th. But now we need to talk about some of the most ignored news stories of 2021. There were a lot of them, a lot of mainly ignored news stories. The first one is natural immunity. And I'm talking about COVID, obviously. But natural immunity was almost completely ignored. There was a study out of Israel that a lot of you have heard about. 2.5 million people were involved in this study, okay? And it said that people that never got COVID but are vaccinated are between 6 and 13 times more likely to get COVID than someone that already had COVID and now has natural immunity. Okay? Again, 2.5 million people were part of the study in Israel. Okay? Now, also from the story, and this is actually, or from the study, rather, this is actually a quote, the risk of developing symptomatic COVID-19 was 27 times higher among the vaccinated and the risk of hospitalization eight times higher, unquote. So again, natural immunity was completely ignored all year because they wanted you to get the jab. Because if you think that you can just get COVID and for the most part, we can assume that it's going to be mild for you, then you may not get the vaccine, which is going to affect the bottom line for all these companies that are making all this money off of these vaccines by shipping them all over the globe and saying, no, you don't just need one. You need two. Oh, whoops. You need a booster. Every time you get another jab, they make more money. And all these people that are advocating, whether they're in the news or in politics or something like that, these people are making money too. But that was almost completely ignored this year. Any idea of natural immunity and with that, any idea of just being healthy because we have all these vaccine mandates and passports and all those things. How about we have a health passport? where you show people in order to get into this gym or get into this movie theater, here's the workouts I've done this week. Here's the food I've eaten so far today. Here's how much weight I've lost or gained in the last six months, right? But we can't do that because that's body shaming. Another very, very ignored story of 2021 is that Merriam-Webster changed the definition of anti-vaxxer. Now, you might be thinking, why is anti-vaxxer even in the dictionary? Well, whenever you have a culturally or colloquially used term basically someone has to define it. And that's what Merriam-Webster is in the business of doing. So they had a definition of anti-vaxxer that they had to put, you know, in there, you know, a few years ago, but they added to the definition of anti-vaxxer this, a person who opposes the use of vaccines or regulations mandating vaccination. It's that last part or regulations mandating vaccination. So according to Merriam-Webster, right, who's supposed to be neutral, this is just a, a definitions resource, right? You're an anti-vaxxer if you don't think that you should be able to shove down vaccine mandates on people that have objections to them, whether physical objections, health objections, religious objections. Now that means you're an anti-vaxxer. It's kind of a big problem. It's kind of a 1984 problem whenever you're changing wrong think and you're changing what words mean, because now you're giving ammo to the people that are major, you know, vaccine mandate people. 
right? Our vaccine mandate people, right? This is this is something that's a big issue that I think a lot of people ignore. Another one, and this might be the, the story of the year for a lot of people, but it's the absolute explosion of fentanyl overdoses. So people overdosing from fentanyl use, okay, specifically fentanyl, is now the leading cause of death in the United States for people 18 to 45. I'll say that again. Just think about this. Fentanyl OD, not OD in general of any substance. Fentanyl overdose is now the leading cause of death in the United States for adults aged 18 to 45. So going back to the southern border thing, where do you think all the fentanyl is coming from? It's coming through the southern border. They're seizing on, a, on a, essentially a weekly basis enough fentanyl to kill tens of millions of people in the United States. An insane amount of fentanyl. There are people that are buying what they think to be knockoff opiates on the, on the you know, black market or from their local drug dealer that are laced with fentanyl and these people are ODing and dying, right? And you have a lot of people that are having these issues caused by these lockdowns. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they never really gotten the swing of thing. Maybe they've just bought into all the lies about how they should be completely paralyzed with fear and how they should sit in their homes and basically never come out. And a lot of these people are abusing medication. A lot of these people are abusing other drugs and somehow fentanyl gets in their system, whether they meant for it to, or whether they didn't mean for it to. But when's the last time you heard about the fentanyl explosion? I mean, I think Tucker Carlson talks about it on Fox News, but have you heard Don Lemon talk about it on CNN? Have you heard Rachel Maddow, Rachel Maddow talk about it on MSNBC? Have you heard about it on the front page of the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal for that matter? No one's talking about this. Why not? Because if you shut down the southern border, there's still going to be fentanyl that gets in. There's almost no way to stop it. You know, they're very resourceful, these, these cartels down in Mexico. But it's not a focus at all. So the leading cause of death for people age 18 to 45, you would think would be COVID, according to the news. But it's not. It's fentanyl. But we're not talking about it. It's being completely ignored. Also, uh, one of the most ignored stories of 2021 is the Waukesha terrorist attack. Again, that was just here recently where Daryl Brooks killed six people and injured dozens more when he drove his SUV. The SUV did not drive itself. He drove his SUV through a Christmas parade and intended to kill people. I went into a lot of detail now in episode 261 of this podcast, so you can go and check that out. But we haven't heard anything about that case because after we found out who the person was that did this, Daryl Brooks, and we found out what race he was, and we found out some of the things that he believed in some of the organizations that he supported, like Black Lives Matter or Democrat organizations. Ooh, all of a sudden, we don't care about this person that drove his vehicle through a parade with the intent of killing people. We're not hearing about the fact that he was out on almost no bail after trying to run over his baby mama with the same vehicle. All of a sudden, the story's not that interesting. Could it be because it doesn't fit a narrative? Absolutely. And when we're keeping the narrative thing going, I'll talk about uh, this is probably the last story I'll talk about in terms of most ignored stories of 2021. But a white kid was murdered by a black man while the white kid was riding his bike. Okay? You may have never heard of this story, but Darius Sessman or Sessoms, right? This is a black guy, age 25 years old. He shot a five-year-old white kid named Cannon Heinet in the head while Heinet's two younger sisters watched. This kid's riding his bike. This black man walks over, puts a gun to the boy's head, blows his head off right in front of his sisters. This, this young kid, Cannon, essentially died in his father's arms, right? His, his dad runs outside. You know, Darius Ses- or Sessoms had already uh, taken off in a car. And, you know, he's basically holding his son as he died in his arms, right? Horrible, horrible story. 
But again, have you heard about this story? If you have, have you heard about it recently? Probably not. And again, this is kind of an easy thing that a lot of people have done is switch the races and let's see what it would have looked like. Let's say it was a black kid, five-year-old black kid riding his bike and all of a sudden some white man whose motivation we don't know walks up to the black kid, puts a gun to his head and shoots him in the head right in front of his sisters, dies in his father's arms. We would still be hearing about it. It'd be every night on the news. There would be some vignette in, in some other story, you know, talking about this situation, how white supremacy was the reason for this, how this is somehow Trump's fault. That's all we would hear about. But basically, people didn't even know this happened. Now, I don't think it's a macro news story, right? It is a horrible, horrible, tragic evil that was done in this situation to Cannon Heine and his family, right? But it's not indicative of anything larger, necessarily. We don't have any evidence to suggest that Darius Sessoms is being motivated by Black Lives Matter or motivated by, you know, the Hebrew Israelite movement or something like that. And he had any particular animus towards white people. It just seemed like he was a very troubled man who did something incredibly evil and he deserves to die for what he's done. Right. It's not any bigger than that. But again, if it were flipped, there would be all kinds of things that we would have to consider and kind of war with as the American people. Right. But again, we just ignored the story of the, the murder of Cannon Heinen. But now we need to talk about the most talked about news stories of 2021. Right. And these aren't going to be a shock to really anyone. But the most talked about news story of 2021 has to be COVID. Right. Because we went from the Alpha variant to Delta. And then we've gone from Delta, Delta to Omicron. Right. And the thing is, is this had to lead the news. And you, you basically couldn't go a day of reading the paper or a night of watching the news where COVID wasn't part of the story. Because as soon as Delta came, it was like people were so thankful, like, oh, you know, it's not dead. You know, we can keep our lockdowns. We can keep the things that we want to do. We can keep controlling people. And, and, and you know, it's, it's great, right? There, there are people that are cheering for people to get sick so that they can be right. And this is all why we've got vaccinations and somehow we have millions and millions and tens of millions and of hundreds of millions of Americans that are vaccinated. And yet Delta, you know, blew through and it killed a bunch of people and all those different things. But now we're not, we're at Omicron. And I feel like the reaction to Omicron has been more extreme than the reaction to Delta. And for all intents and purposes, and based on all the available data, Omicron is not even close to being as deadly as Delta. I've talked about this before. Other people have talked about this before. It seems as if Omicron is like 70 times more transmissible than Delta was, but it's like not nearly as deadly. There are a lot of people that are asymptomatic or have very, very mild symptoms like a scratchy throat and, and a little bit of a fever or a body ache or something like that. And so Omicron is showing up a lot more like the common cold, and yet we're treating it like it's Ebola. We're treating it like it kills 30 or 40% of the people that get it. But Omicron could literally be a godsend. And, you know, if you could talk about a situation in, in such ways as, as a two-year pandemic. But if this is something that is not killing people, if it's spiking in cases but never spiking in hospitalizations or death, that's one of the best things that we could possibly hope for with COVID because of what we know about natural immunity. Because if you could be chosen, if you could choose like, hey, you can get this stick, we don't really know what the long-term ramifications are you uh, for are for you or any issues that might happen with you physically from this experimental vaccine or gene therapy, or you can get something that feels like the cold, but it'll give you antibodies that are six to 17 times more likely to protect you in the future. I know what most people would do, especially healthy people with no other comorbidities. 
right? But it had to be the most talked about thing. It had to be the thing that everybody focused on because without it, we lost a lot of narrative. Everything this year that's kind of big that we're talking about had a narrative attached to it. And COVID has to be bad. It has to be deadly. Otherwise, we can't keep you from doing the things that you want to do. We can't keep you or your kids out of school. We can't control the things that you're doing. We, we can't make you do a passport. Uh, we, we can't scare you so much that you vote for our people to keep them in office, right? So obviously, COVID was one of the most talked about news stories of 2021. Another of the most talked about news stories, and these are kind of, it's kind of attached, but inflation and the supply chain crisis. So with inflation, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, and again, it was almost like the news sources, especially more the left-leaning news sources, mainstream news sources, they were talking about this because they had to, because it was all that you know common everyday people could focus on because it's a big deal for most common everyday people, right? Inflation is a huge deal. But then you did have all these stories where it's like, oh, is it really that big of a deal that it's not the dollar store anymore? It's the dollar 25 store. Well, yeah, a 25% increase makes a big difference for people that are going to Dollar Tree at the end of the month to try to make ends meet, right? Trying to buy a toothbrush or a toothpaste or some medicine for their children or something like that. Yeah, 25% increase makes a huge difference for people whose wages have gone down maybe that year, whose hours maybe have been cut, right? And then you had the supply chain issues, which a lot of you guys, you know, for Christmas this year, you had a lot of issues. Maybe you weren't able to get the present that you wanted to on time. Maybe you're a business that buys a lot of trucks and yet you can't get trucks right now for the normal price. You're paying, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 above sticker price just so you can get a, you know, a vehicle at the time that you need it or want it or something like that. Those are two of the most talked about things. And those are going to continue to be probably. Just because the calendar turns over to 2022 doesn't all of a sudden mean inflation is not going to go anywhere. And guys, we don't see any any evidence to suggest that inflation has peaked yet either, or that these supply chain crises are not going to continue to to be to be poor. And the thing that you have to think about is we didn't see the supply chain crisis uh, really in this form or fashion for months and months and months. And and there was the initial shutdown. Remember, two weeks to slow the spread, all that stuff. Remember that. There was a supply chain issue that was created there. And people said, hey, it's going to take a few months for everything to kind of kick back up into gear. But here we are almost 24 months later, almost two years later, and we're still having these same issues. There seems to be something else that's going on. Okay. So those are some of the uh, most talked about news stories, COVID, inflation, and supply chain crisis. But now let's go ahead and get into the biggest news story of 2021. And in my opinion, I think the biggest news story of 2021 is the fall of Afghanistan. I think it has to be the fall of Afghanistan. Another thing that a lot of people don't want you to remember, especially as we march our way towards the midterms next year, they don't want you to remember that Joe Biden almost single-handedly got, you know, untold numbers of Afghans killed as we continue to move on to the future and got American soldiers killed. But again, in August of this year, the United States made a, a pullout of Afghanistan, an unwarranted pullout of Afghanistan. Apparently, it was against the better judgment of some of the generals. I say some because some were actually uh, wanted to, to pull all the, the troops out. We pulled our troops out. We left billions of dollars of weaponry uh, around for the Taliban to take over. And the Taliban came in and snatched up the country basically in minutes, what felt like minutes. Right, you know, we've talked to Holly McKay. Uh, we have another episode coming out with her uh, soon, where we're going to be talking to her about what she saw on the ground, how the Taliban took over a city that she was in, was in a building that she was in. Actually, when she and I were talking, uh, it, was, it was a big, big, horrible thing for her. But the reason why it's the biggest story is because it is a direct cause of bad decision making and bad leadership from Joe Biden and the rest of his administration, and they seemingly don't care. 
you know, we've heard about that story of that, that family that was hit with the drone where it like wiped out an entire family, like killed six or seven kids or something like that. The family has still not been given any type of a reparation. They've not been contacted by the United States government, even though the U.S. government and the State Department said that they had contacted this family and tried to help them out. It's just not true. It's flat out false. They're lying to the American people. But again, I try to always get people to remember. That's why I tell people to follow Holly McKay and go back and listen to our Botching Afghanistan uh, series because it's so easy for Afghanistan to be in the news for a week, week and a half and for us to move on because of some random news story, right? Some pop star got pregnant or, or some pop star thinks that she's a non-binary person now or this movie comes out or, or Trump said something at a, at a speech that people thought was off color or Joe Biden pooped his pants or whatever the news story is and we forget about what's happening because it didn't just happen and now it's over. Because the Taliban is trying to play nice right now. They're trying to pretend like they're a legitimate government, that, hey, we're not terrorists, right? And there is a difference between the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and Boko Haram and ISIS and ISIS-K. I know there's differences, but it's differences in gradient, not differences in kind, right? So their gradient might not be as forceful and as bloody as ISIS-K or something like that, but they're just as evil. They're just as evil and they're going to be just as deadly. But right now they're trying to get all these, these governments that are frozen assets and, and aid to the country to unfreeze those assets. But eventually there's going to be a lot of blood in the streets and there is going to be a famine that's going to happen in that country. There's going to be a lot of people that die over this winter because of malnourishment and, and basically starving to death. A lot of children are going to die. And this is in addition to the people that are going to lose limbs because they're, they're stealing food or, you know, women not being able to go to, to school and, and all these different things that are not good for the Afghan people. And again, it all comes back to the decision of Joe Biden basically saying, yeah, let's pull our troops out because, oh, I don't have a reason, right? So easily for me, it is the biggest news story of 2021, the fall of Afghanistan. Now, this is going to be one of those things that I think will stain the Joe Biden administration, that if the people that write the history and they do it accurately, this will be one of the defining things about his failed presidency. And here's the thing. This was in August. The dude had barely been in office for half a year, and he'd already destroyed so many things in our country, created all these crises. And this was his kind of like coup de grace. This was his main thing. This was his feather in his cap. It's like of all the horrible things that you've done, this is the one that's going to lead to the most bloodshed and death. Biggest news story of 2021 by far, in my opinion, the fall of Afghanistan. And just to keep the momentum going, let's go ahead and do the biggest news person of 2021. And no surprise, it's co-president Joe Biden. Okay. The reason is, is because since he's been in office, not even a full year at this point, it has been crisis after crisis after crisis, most of them his causing and his administration's causing. So the fall of Afghanistan, which we just talked about, the immigration crisis, which we've talked about, the inflation crisis, mainly brought on by blowing a bunch of money into the economy when it wasn't necessary, seeing an incredibly slow recovery when we should have had a booming year for our economy, vaccine mandates, the, the vilification of unvaccinated people, playing into the, the racial culture wars and all those different things. Joe Biden, even though he's barely sentient, barely alive, he's had his, his way in all these different situations. And also his continued decline, his cognitive decline. Again, I don't laugh at him whenever I'm watching him give a speech and he can't get through a sentence that's on his teleprompter. It's sad. I wouldn't laugh at your grandpa that was having trouble remembering, you know, where he put his briefcase or, or remembering the name of his, of his nurse or, you know, slurring his words. That's not funny. We're supposed to just ignore it because he's a Democratic president. 
you know, he, he's the president representing the Democratic Party. And he, well, he's better than Donald Trump, obviously. He's not nearly as evil as that horrible orange man, right? But this guy is going to define the news cycle until he decides that he doesn't want to anymore, which we'll get into now. But again, the biggest news person of 2021 is easily co-president Joe Biden. But now I want to kind of go into what we can look forward to for 2022. I'm going to go ahead and project what I think are going to be likely some of the biggest news stories that we can expect. The first thing is obviously COVID, COVID, everything COVID. And I said this last year as well on the wrap-up episode for 2020. COVID has to be the standard. So look for another variant. So Omicron's coming out, but there's going to be another variant. I don't know the Greek alphabet. There's going to be one after that. That's bad. Maybe it's going to be double Delta or something like that. But I've heard some other people kind of pointing this out, and it's mainly like Republican or, or conservative um, you know, commentators and, and strategists. Around the end of summer next year, maybe, you know, August or September or something like that, watch for the Democrats and the people controlling Democratic cities to claim that they've won the battle with COVID, that they've got enough people vaccinated, there's enough natural immunity, they're going to be talking about natural immunity at that time. What I think is going to happen before the midterms next year, we're either going to have a new variant, which again, I've called the midterm variant, which is going to scare all these people into voting, or so they think or they're going to claim victory over the pandemic. What could be better for you going in than the continuation of the pandemic or pretending as if you're the ones that solved it, right? So look forward to that in 2022. Also with the midterm elections, obviously that's going to be a big thing. By all intents and purposes, we should see a huge red wave that the Republicans should easily be able to take back the House and potentially take back full control of the Senate, which would be you know completely damning for the last two years of the Joe Biden presidency. So that's something to look forward to. But also, everything that we're talking about here revolves around co-president Biden, but it also revolves around the former president, Donald Trump, and whether or not he's going to announce that he's running in 2024. He said that he's not going to announce until after the midterms whether he intends to run for president in 2024. So we can see that in either November or December of 2022, whether or not Donald Trump actually says that he's going to be running for president. That's something that we can all kind of look forward to and see what he's going to do. Also, something to continue to look at is the continued cognitive decline of Joe Biden. That's something that we will continue to see because they're going to keep rolling him out in front of the cameras in 2022. They, they really can't hide him much more than they're doing already. So we're going to be seeing the continu- continued cognitive decline. And hopefully we see a lot more news entities come out and basically talk about that honestly and say, hey, this is a huge problem. But also, it's going to be interesting to see in 2022, the Democratic pivot away from Joe Biden. Okay? Because we, I don't think that it's smart money to say that Joe Biden's going to run again in 2024. He's already said, yeah, if I'm healthy, I'll run again in 2024, but he's in a steep decline and he's got three years left before that finish line comes. I just can't imagine that coming. The problem Democrats have is the other people that are in the clubhouse. So Kamala Harris, co-president Harris, she is worse with voters than Joe Biden is. Her, her ratings and her approval ratings are down in the 20s. So you can't really put Kamala Harris out there. And again, the only reason she's vice president is because she's one female and two, she's black. Joe Biden said as much, right? So they can't really pull her off the bench. Then they pull out someone maybe like Pete Buttigieg, whose only apparent, you know, qualification for being president is that he's a gay guy, which is not really a great qualification. Hey, I choose to have sex with men. So vote for me for president. Oh, also, I was the failed, uh, failed mayor of a really, really small city in Indiana. Yeah. So that's not really, you know, giving out uh, too many touchy feelies. But then you have people talking about Hillary Clinton. I think that uh, Newt Gingrich was talking about how he thinks the Democrats are going to position Hillary Clinton to come off the bench and make another run for president. And the thing is, is, if she runs against Trump, she'll beat him this time because they're not going to you know, ignore 
the, the, they're not going to ignore Wisconsin. They're not going to ignore Pennsylvania. They're going to go to these states and try to win. And, you know, who knows how they will actually pull that off. But here's the other thing that we might see in 2022, if not, you know, in 2023, is what the Democrats might do. They might pull out a Hail Mary, which will solve all their problems. And that would be Michelle Obama, Obama running for president. Because I just got to tell you, Michelle Obama, if she runs, she'll smoke anybody that the Republicans put up. Easily beats Donald Trump. Easily beats Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Ted Cruz, like, smokes all of them. She is one of the most popular human beings on the planet and certainly is one of the most popular people in the United States. Because again, for eight years, she was by her husband, but kind of in the background, you know, doing her programs for fat kids and all those different things like that. She became this Oprah-like, God-like figure for a lot of women and a lot of people in the United States. And you're going to get the warm fuzzies by, you know, filling in the bubble for Michelle Obama. So Republicans better assume or better hope that she, you know, keeps her Netflix deal and keeps writing big books and, you know, does speeches here and there and doesn't get into the race because if she announces that she's in the race, it's over. I really think it's over. Now, other stories that you can look forward to in 2022, continued inflation. I already talked about that. There's some uh, huge Supreme Court decisions that are coming down. Obviously, at the very beginning of January, they're going to be looking at the vaccine mandates. That's a big one. But the big, big, biggie, big, 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 big one is the decision on the Mississippi law, uh, abortion law. That's uh, going to be the abortion rights thing that we should see in early June, because if depending upon how they decide could be the overturning of Roe v. Wade or the incredible tamping down of the ability for people to kill unborn children in the United States. So that's going to be in the summer. So be on the lookout for that. Also the Beijing Olympics are going to be happening the winter Olympics. So the United States is doing what they're calling a diplomatic boycott of the games, which what does that mean? Oh, so Joe Biden's not going to go over there and fall asleep while watching figure skating. Oh, big deal. But you know, we're going to see a lot of things right now because there's a lot of focus on, you know, some of the human rights abuses that are going on in China and the things that they're doing to the Uyghur Muslims and all those different things. So that's something that we can look at in 2022. Uh, Hollywood might be moving away from the woke stuff in 2022. I don't have hopes that that's going to happen, but with the Spider-Man movie, apparently the Spider-Man movie did a lot of stuff that was kind of uh, against the woke movement. And so Hollywood seeing like, Hey, we can make a billion dollars in two weeks if we stop, you know, treating our, our fans as if that they're idiots or simpletons, if they don't support our way of thinking politically. So we might see that in 2022. Also, we're going to be having two total lunar eclipses. So those are blood moons. So two of those in 2022, there's not going to be another one until 2025. So that's pretty awesome. For those of you soccer fans, for the four or five of you that listen to this podcast, the World Cup is happening in November and December. Just an update, the United States men are just as horrible as they've ever been. So you can't assume that they're going to go on a deep run. But hey, World Cup's happening in November and December of 2022. But here's maybe the biggest thing that we can look forward to in 2022. And that is the national treasure that is Betty White. She's turning 100 years old on January the 17th. I am personally throwing a party for Betty White. You're all invited. I'm probably going to talk about it here on the podcast, but that is something that in our most divided time, maybe as a people group here in the United States since the Civil War, can't we all come together around Betty White, around one of the sweetest, nicest, funniest ladies that's ever existed in our country? I sure as heck am going to do it. I hope you guys join me. But my parting thought for 2021, it may have been a good year for a lot of you guys, may have been a rough year for you, but don't look at 2022 as anything different, okay? When you go from December 31st to January the 1st, it's just another day. You're the same you. Don't pretend that January is somehow different. Oh, this is the year I finally get into shape. This is the year I start reading the books. And this is the year I do the thing and start the business and whatever. You're still the same you. You've got to have resilience. You've got to have a plan. And you've got to have discipline. Don't make January an idol. 
Okay. Because then guess what? January is going to give way to February. And what's your plan then? Not a whole lot of people do their New Year's resolution starting in February or March. It's the same you. You've got to have discipline. You've got to make the moves you need to make. Okay. Rely on God. Keep your spiritual life intact. Forge spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. And 2022 should be a good year for you, brother. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost at Undaunted Life. Our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So I've got two links for you today. The first one is the uh, the study that I told you about over in Israel. Um, so the, the name of this link is Comparing SARS-CoV-2 Natural Immunity to Vaccine-Induced Immunity Reinfections versus Breakthrough Infections. So I've got the entire study there for you. So you can go into the full text of the study and read that to make sure I wasn't just blowing smoke. And the last one is a link to the Federalist website. I would have done it with a different website, but the Federalist ran a a really nice piece on this. But it's uh, called Black Man Shoots Five-Year-Old in the Head Point Blank, but the race-obsessed media don't care. And so that really goes in the story of Cannon, who uh, was murdered and all those different things. So you can make sure that I'm not making that story up either. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We do appreciate it. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a positive five-star review. If you want to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok and like us on Facebook and check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And we want to also thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is our song Cutting the Tides, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording of their album leveler the links are in the description i'm your host kyle thompson remember keep pushing back darkness keep forging spiritual mental and physical resilience keep seeking the lion of judah